Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. Well, last week we began this little series, Made Right with God. We talked about how to be saved, what that means and how that happens. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 is where we kind of stepped off of. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols, commit adultery, male prostitutes, practice homosexuality, thieves, greedy people, drunkards, abusive, cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. That's a pretty blunt statement, isn't it? And pretty clear, right? List of sins. There's other things that go in there, but he's very clear on that. Verse 11, some of you were once like that. You were once like that, not now. But you were cleansed. That's salvation. It's what we talked about last week. You were made holy. That's what we're going to talk about today. You're made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, salvation, last week. And by the Spirit of our God, the Holy Spirit, alive in us this week. So we're going to talk about this, and it says you're made holy. Now, that word, there's another word we use, sanctified, godly, all kinds of words, but people kind of, well, what's that holy? What's that mean? Well, let me give you an illustration. I've used it before, but let me just use it again. When I was a kid growing up in, uh, in my house, my mother was a, um, oh, I got to be kind. Um, I live probably in the cleanest house you've ever seen. She was probably a little obsessive. We joked with her when she was alive that we were going to bury her with the Electrolux. <laughs> For you younger people, you'll have to look that up, I guess. And in the bathroom were these guest towels. You know, you, you, there was two of them usually, and there was something around them, and they decorated. And we understood those are only for guests. And it created a little intimidation on my part because sometimes I wouldn't find a towel. And so even when I'm in other people's homes, you know, guest towel, I know I'm here, I'm a guest, can I use these? I don't know. And if I had to use them, what I would do is do the pat thing. You know, you kind of turn around and you kind of pat them so that they don't move and uh, you don't mess up anything. And then you just dry the rest of it off. (laughs) They were guest towels. They were for a specific person. They were a towel, but they were for guests. They were holy. They were separate from the rest. You see, when you accept Christ, you're now holy. You're separate. You're not like everybody else. You are different. You have a different purpose. And so the writer here says, you're cleansed, and now you're holy. You're separate from. You've repented. You were going this way. We talked about it last week. You were going this way, but now you've turned around and now you're going this way. You're going in a different direction, in a different manner. Now, this doesn't happen overnight. You and I accept Christ. We become like a child. Scripture's pretty clear on this. You begin as, as a babe. 
and you are expected then throughout your life to grow into maturity, right? That doesn't happen automatically. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens over the course of time. In fact, you will be doing that for the rest of your life. It's progressive. You grow up. And you don't do these things to be a Christian, but if you're a Christian, you'll do these things. Don't get that confused. Because there's this relationship that God wants to have with you, and He wants you to then come to a place where you've accepted Him. Now He wants you to become like Him. So how does that happen? What do I need to do? First of all, continually seek God. In other words, what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, I am going to seek after God. I want more of God. I want to please Him. I want to honor Him. I want to do His will. I want to seek Him. Psalms 105 verse 4, search for the Lord and for His strength, continually seek Him. Matthew 6.33, one of the premier verses. Seek the kingdom of God, God, above all else, live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. If you will seek after God, want more of Him, He will give you everything you need to handle life well. So you put Him first. You seek after Him. Hebrews eleven six. It's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. So I accept Him into my life. Christ comes and dwells with me. The Holy Spirit lives with me. By the way, that's both the same thing. And so he dwells within me. And now what I want more than anything else in life is I want to please God. I want to become like Christ. I want to live a life that honors him because now I'm set apart. I'm holy. Okay, come, come, stay with me. The first service was a little, you know, I think they were still sleeping. I don't know, but, you know, don't let me lose you. So there's this constant desire. I love you above anybody else. For some of you, go back to when you were dating. You, know, you continually seeked after that person, didn't you? And so we come to seek it. How do I do that? What does that look like? Well, it begins with communication. It begins with me talking to God. It begins with prayer. I put it in your list. It, it's prayer. Communication. We, I talk to God. I listen to God. I do everything I can to get to know Him. I recognize His presence in my life. I seek after Him. I pray. And then we have the Holy Spirit in us. And we're told in Scripture that He helps us to know how to pray. He begins to guide us and to lead us and to direct us and provide for us. And so I listen to Him. He counsels me. He helps me. I'm seeking after that. There's God's Word. In other words, I can know God better. God speaks to me through His Word. Because we're a people who believe that God's still speaks today. He speaks through His Word. He speaks through His Spirit. He speaks to us. You know, I haven't ever heard a voice, but I have had thoughts and known that that thought is much too good for it to come from me, and that it honors God by having it. And so that's how He speaks, and so He does that. And then we worship 
we come here today, we worship God, we honor Him, we give Him praise. Why? Because we want more of Him. We want to know Him better. We, we want everything He wants. He's the focus of our life. He's the love of our life. He is everything that we live for. He's everything that we want. And I want to get to know Him better. I get to know Him through His Word. I get to know Him through the worship of Him. You know, a long time ago, I had a lady come to me. She said, Pastor, I just want you to know, you see me come in late. I just want you to know, I don't come in any early because I don't like the worship. I'm thinking, well, then you must not like God very much either. That's not a compliment to me. That's a sad state of affairs. Because I get closer to God when I give Him praise. I get closer to God when I tell Him how great He is when I worship Him. I get closer to God when I read His Word and find out what's there. I get closer to God when I spend some time and just listen to Him and allow Him to just fill me and me sense His presence and to know Him and talk to Him. You communicate. And that doing that, why do I do that? Because I love God. I've accepted Him into my life. He's changed my life. Before, I went after the things of the world. Now, I go after the things of God. And I want that more than anything else. Also, through church. Well, I don't think, Pastor, you have to come to church to be a Christian. Yeah, you probably don't, but you probably won't. And if I'm not going to come to church, then how do I put into practice what the Bible tells us about loving my brothers and sisters? Me coming to church is making a priority of God. God, I'm coming there today to seek after you, to want more of you, to honor you, to set aside time, a day in my life where I come after you and get everything I want from you. And so you seek after God. It's not, well, God, here I am, bless me if you will, and we'll go on. It's no, I intentionally in my life, every day, God, here I am, and I recognize your presence in me, and I want to become more like you more than anything else in life. You seek after God. Here's what the Bible tells us. There's a lot of verses I could use here. If you seek him, you'll find him. Wow. How do I find him? I have to seek him. And this is just some of the ways you do that. Secondly, you live a selfless life. You live a selfless life. We, by nature, are selfish, arrogant people. We want our way. We believe our way is right. We believe what we think is right. We believe our pro political views are correct. We believe everybody should think like us. And if you don't think like me, just hang around. I'll give you a piece of my mind and tell you how you should think. Problem is, you don't have many pieces left. So you come to that place where you recognize, you know what? If I'm going to seek after God, I can't be seeking after me. I have to die to me. 2 Corinthians 5.15. We used this verse last week. He died for everyone so that those who receive His new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. No longer live for me, live for Christ. 
That means every morning I have to wake up and say, okay, God, here I am today. You and I are going to go about this day. And one thing we need to do at the start of this is to get me out of the way. Because I have a way of messing my life up. I have a way of arrogantly thinking that it's about me and it's not about me. It's about you and it's about others. And so God, I want to put that in that place right now where I die to me. Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus is speaking. He says to the crowd, If any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way Take up your cross daily and follow me. Anyone carrying a cross is going to die. That's what he's referring to. They all understood that picture very clearly. So that every day, daily, I have to do this. I have to remind myself, I'm going to go about my daily activities, and it's not about me today, it's about others. And what can I do, and how can I live my life so that other people will see Christ in me? so that I can love other people more than myself. Because if I say I love God, I have to love other people, don't I? You see, the one thing we don't like sometimes about being around other people is we don't get our own way. Anybody married? And so what I have to do is, okay, here I am, dying daily. God, Today, I know that I'm going to want to be selfish and make this about me. And how many families do you think would be better off and marriages would be better off if people would stop having to have their way and instead of live for others in their families? Yeah, this is what the first service was like too. And then over lunch, you're going to have to stop. And when you say a prayer for your meal, you have to say, God, I'm sorry. I've been selfish today. I want to stop this again. And I want you to know that I want to live for other people and not for me. You see, well, why do we do that? Because that's the example Christ made for us, wasn't it? He didn't live for himself. He lived for us. He died for us. And so we're to be like him, aren't we? And I have to decide to put others first. They matter more. It's not about me. It's about me loving God. And the Bible says that the way I love God is love other people. And so there will be a constant battle and every day for the rest of your life. You will have to be aware of your selfishness. And you will have to put it to death. And you will have to make a choice and a decision that says, I will no longer live for me, I will live for God. And I will decide to put others first. I will decide to care more about them. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Blake spoke about compassion. I'll have compassion for people. And so I seek God with everything that I am and everything that I have. Because I love him more than anyone or anything else. And I want what he wants and I want to grow in him. And I want to know more about him. I'll never get to a place where I know it all. And in order for that to happen, I recognize I have to get me out of the way. So every day, as Jesus said, I die. Every day I say, it's not about me. It's about others. 
It's not about what I want in life. It's what can I do to help others become closer to God. I stop living a selfish life and start living a selfless life. And that will be a big battle. Oh God, just please take away these feelings. God, just stop me from being like this. Well, He'll help you, but you're going to have to make a decision every day. So I seek, continually seek God. I die to self. And thirdly, I produce spiritual fruit. Now, spiritual fruit is produced if you'll do the other two correctly. If you'll seek after God and die to self, fruit will happen. You can't produce your own fruit. You see, you can pray all you want for more patience. But you see, all you need to do to get more patience is just have to hang around other people. And your patience will be tested, won't it? It'll happen, right? And so you can tell how well you're doing these other things by the type of fruit that's coming out of your life. And so the fruit just reveals how things are going and how you're doing. The premier verse on fruit is Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Notice, you don't. The Holy Spirit does. He lives in you. When you do what's right, He's able to work through you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's no rules against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and the desires of their selfish nature, sinful nature, to His cross and crucified Him there. It's just similar to the verses we just read. Since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our life. So in other words, if I will live for God, be the person He wants me to be, there will be fruit. You want to know how well you're doing? Do you have joy? The Bible says you should be joyful always. Do you have patience with other people? No, other people just get my nerves. Then you're not doing very well of seeking after God and dying to self, are you? See how that works? Oh, yeah, okay. And so that's, that's what we should look like. That should be our character. Colossians 1.9, we've not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of His will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. And that's what we want, isn't it? We want to grow more like Christ, become mature. I shouldn't still be an infant. I've accepted Christ. I should be growing up, right? Children throw little fits. Here's one. Well, I'm going to go somewhere else or do something else because I'm not getting fed. Only children have to be fed. Adults can feed themselves. Well, that went over well too. Aren't you glad you came? You know. But how do I? How, that's kind of an immature statement, isn't it? 
I'm a because nobody's feeding me. Well, put on a bib and come on. I, you know, I don't know. Do we have to burp you as well? I, 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 grow up. Philippians 1.9 I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and in understanding for I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure, blameless lives, holy lives, until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. So God, I'm going to seek after you. I'm going to die to myself, and I'll constantly monitor my life by the fruit that is being produced, by the way I'm behaving, by the way I'm thinking, by the things that go through my head, by my heart coming after you. I no longer pursue the things of the world. Now I pursue the things of God. I want to look like you. I want to become mature. I want to grow up. I want to honor you. That's why I was saved, to do that. So you check the spiritual fruit. And then you grow in the midst of suffering. Can we all admit that life's pretty difficult? That life's unfair? That things aren't always coming up roses? And one of the great mistaken notions of too many Christians is that if I'm a Christian, I won't have any problems. You can be doing everything perfectly the way God wants you to do and you will still have problems. Now here's the thing. How you handle those problems is a great sign of your relationship with God. Because I know people, you know people, things get hard and what do they do? They blame God. Now see, if you're blaming God for your problems, you don't know God very well. You just don't. Well, but they offended me. Somebody said this to me. Forgive them. Well, but you don't understand how it hurt. Yeah, it hurt. Grow up. Jesus died on a cross, and while he's hanging there, he spoke to the people who put him there. And what did he say to them? Forgive them. Forgive them. But no, what do we do? We hold on to our hurts rather than letting go. We hold on to our difficulties, our health issues, our our mental issues, our social issues, our financial issues. We hold on to all those things. And rather than growing deeper into God, we tend to grow away from Him because we're kind of like, God, get me out of this. God, do this. God, stop this. God's not working fast enough. God, what's going on here? You see, if you're going to be the person God wants you to be, you have to understand that in the midst of those things, God is at work. And He will help you. You might not get what you want. But hear me, only spoiled children get what they want all the time. 1 Peter 2.19 God is pleased when conscious of His will you patiently endure unjust treatment. 
Of course, you get no credit for being patient if you're a jerk. Oh, sorry, that's... that's <laughs> That's, that's my version, I'm sorry, okay? For doing wrong. But if you suffer for doing good and endure it patiently, God is pleased with you. For God called you to do good even if it means suffering just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example and you must follow in his steps. Jesus lived a perfect life and a lot of people didn't like him. And he was treated unjustly and unfairly. But he still remained faithful. Why? He continually seeked the Father. And what did he say often? I only do what the Father wants me to do. What a great way to live. 1 Peter 4.19 If you're suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right. Trust your lives to the God who created you for he will never fail you. He will never fail you. So in the midst of life's hardships and difficulties, keep growing. Keep seeking God. Keep resting in Him, knowing that He's going to take care of you no matter what. So that as we live this life, no matter what happens to us, we win because God is still in control and he knows what he's doing and he never makes a mistake and I'm so glad he doesn't take advice from us but he's faithful he's faithful lastly be secure and satisfied in Christ See, I believe Christians should be the most joyful people on the face of the planet. We've got a lot to be grateful for. We've got a lot to be thankful for. And in the midst of all of this, and in the midst, oh, Pastor, if I do all this, I'm just, you know, it's, life's going to be boring, life's going to be hard, life's going to be difficult. It might be hard. Life's always boring sometimes for all of us. But in the midst of it all, there is this awareness that my confidence, my security is in Christ and He is going to help me and take care of me. And if I will follow Him, I will have the best life anyone can live on this planet. I believe that. Romans 5.1 Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, salvation... We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. See, it tells us about Jesus that he endured the cross because of the joy set before him. The joy he knew was coming the joy he knew that was going to happen because of it all. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Well, we know that they help us develop endurance. Endurance develops our strength of character. 
That's what we've been talking about. Character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. That's what this is about. I got hope. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because He's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. 1 John 4.16 We know how much God loves us and we put our trust in His love. God's love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face Him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. That's what we're called to do. I've now accepted Christ. Oh, I've accepted Christ. Now I can go live as I want. No, you can't. If you've accepted Christ, you won't want to do that. You will want to please Him. You will want to honor Him. You will seek after Him. You will do what you need to do to not live a selfish life, but to live for others because that means you're living for God. You will produce fruit that will honor God and reveal to others Jesus Christ within you. And when the hard times come and the difficulties come, you remain faithful through it all and grow through it all and know that God's going to work it out and God's got it in control. And therefore, in the midst of all that life brings, I can have a confidence in knowing that I am His and He is mine and the joy of the Lord is my strength. And that's how we live. And that's what it's about. Uh, uh, but pastor, I don't know how I can do that. I, I just don't have what it takes. No? Well, that's why you read the Bible. Because the Bible says something different, doesn't it? Here we go. Second Peter 1.3 By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. There it is. You have everything you need. We've received all of this by coming to know Him, the One who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. And because of His glory and excellence, He's given us great and precious uh, promises. They are the promises that enable you to share His divine nature. You can become like Him and escape the world's corruption caused by selfishness, human desires. In view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. Live right. We all would agree that in our nation today, we are losing morality. And we better be a people who hold that banner high. With knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control with patient endurance, patient endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul wraps up his second letter to the church at Corinth. In verse 11, chapter 13, here's what he says. Brothers and sisters, I close my letter with these last words. Be joyful. Grow to maturity. Encourage each other. Live in harmony and peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you made right with God 
How does that happen? It begins with me accepting Jesus Christ as my Savior last week. But maybe you've been listening today and you know you haven't done that yet. And that's where you need to start this morning. You need to invite Christ into your life because you've broken His rules. And you need to be willing to accept Him. And once you accept Him and you repent, you turn from the direction you're headed and you head another direction. And you begin to live a life that hungers, that is holy for God. And you seek Him. You want Him. You desire Him more than anything else in life. And you deal with that carnal nature that we all have. And daily, you and I have to put it to death and say, I'm not going to live according to that nature. I'm going to live according to the new nature that I have because Christ is alive in me. And I want my life to produce the fruit that only the Holy Spirit can produce. And even in the midst of difficulties, I want to be faithful and I want to grow. And I get to live with confidence and joy for the rest of my life. I have hope. That sounds like a great life to me. You'll never be sorry for it. Never. So I would ask you this simple question. You look back over that list, how you doing? What jumps out at you? What is the God, the Spirit, dealing with you about right now of saying, you know what? I need to work on this. I need to deal with this. Could we take a moment before I conclude in a prayer, just individually, each one of us? God, here I am. I hear what you're saying to me. I know what I need to do. It might be you need to give your life to God. It might be you've got to deal with God. I haven't hungered after you like I should. God, I haven't died to myself like I need to. Whatever it might be, would you just, just between you and God, would you just talk to him about it? thank you today that once we accept you into our life you've called us to live a great life is it hard? yes but is it worth it? yes so Lord for each one of us here this morning as we have been honest with you and as you have spoken to us would you help us to bring our life in line with that commitment we've made to you as our Savior and to live our life as holy to you, set apart above all else. And may you be honored and may our life reflect Christ here today in this world. Thank you for the life that you offer to us because it is truly life. Help us to live in it, I pray. In thy name, amen. 
Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.